Ministry, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ministry, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Stefan Maya here with you. AddedSouls.com is the website. And welcome to the uh, early bird podcast sessions. How are you doing this day? You doing okay? Doing all right? Going to make it? Hey, man, we're here together. We're here together to help each other throughout this life, aren't we? It can be a beautiful thing, man. Even when we go through some uh, pretty harsh challenges in life, right? Yeah, in this fallen world, there's all kinds of stuff coming our way, it seems. Every other day, you think you have a break? You think you got a moment of peace? No! All of a sudden, something happens. We gotta be uh, capable of dealing with that. Knowing how to re react, interact with things, right? Of course. EastCoastChurchOfChrist.com is our church website if you want to check that out. You can obviously find us also on Facebook. I have my personal profile there and our church page there as well. You can sign up to AddedSouls.Locals.com. It's free to sign up over there, but you can choose to support us monthly. It goes towards the Added Souls ministry and its further growth through the Maya family and the mission we are involved with here with the East Coast Church of Christ.com. That okay? That all right? Please consider subscribing to this channel, giving us a thumbs up, a comment, and sharing the link far and wide. Now to the discussion at hand ministry, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Paul would tell the Christians in Rome that he was a minister of Christ Jesus, of course, in that context to the Gentiles, Romans 15, 16, a minister of Christ Jesus, a servant, right? Count the cost, Luke would say in 1428, there is certainly a cost to be counted when you choose to follow Jesus Christ faithfully, and one who is to um, faithfully, with purpose and passion, participate in the office of ministry for Jesus Christ. Must count the cost of things to happen, and things that will certainly happen. It is an inevitable truth that things will happen if you are a minister of Christ Jesus and you've counted the, that cost, we should. Because we work for God, Paul would tell his brethren in Colossae, chapter 3, verse 23, right? For it is God who works in you. Paul would further tell his brethren in Philippi, chapter 2, verse 13. Ministry, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And if you've been a minister for an amount given time in the church, faithfully so, then you're going to understand the kind of language we are going to speak in this session very well, very well. We begin with our thoughts on the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Savior of the world, right? Yeah, the Christ and what he went through in his ministry as he ministered for his father to the people as a servant, bringing them the message of eternal life. 
the message of repentance, a change needed to take place. And he came first to his own kind, to his people, the Jews, his family, his siblings, his culture, his people, telling them they needed to repent, religious people, known as the sons of the kingdom, needed to repent. He ministered to them, to the people, to the poor, to the withered, to those who were demon-possessed, to the lowly, to those who were neglected, abandoned by societal judgments, if you will. He came to seek and save those who were lost. The Christ and what he went through is our inspired, recorded account. It is our example. It is our instruction, our guidance. The manual of life and all must flow through him, in him, for him. And so we recognize his mission, his ministry, and the many moments recorded for us evermore through the penmanship of the Holy Spirit found in the 66 books of the Holy Bible, more so revealed in the 27 books of the New Testament while God walked on this earth, the Son, right? Jesus the Christ. A man from Galilee, a Nazarene, son of a carpenter, Mary and Joseph, came to save the world. Fascinating, truly interesting to read this information that took place thousands of years ago, yet still today remain as strong as it has always been. And the things he had to go through, his ministry, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, the good is that, of course, there were many joys he experienced. Many experiences from all facets and angles he received. Opportunities and comforts, wisdoms and growth. The things that the Christ had to go through, indeed, cultivated and flourished the good. And we can read about that, can't we? When we take the time to remove ourselves from all distractions and read the scripture. Read the scripture. Meditate on the scripture. Focus on the scripture. Recognize the text, the context, and learn, believe, believe and grow. The good that came from the Christ and what he went through was the fulfillment of the prophets and the redemptive plan, pre-planned, the redemptive plan for mankind so that we need not die in our sins, alienated and withdrawn from the great I am, the intelligent being and creator who has set forth all good things in motion, and in order he spoke them, and we, you and I today, have the blessing 
of following the Christ. The forgiveness of sins, salvation, peace, unity, family, hope, purpose, right? The good that Christ brought is unmatched by anything else that humanity has ever experienced. It is unmatched the amount of good that Jesus did while his short time lived on this earth. His ministry was certainly of a measurement you and I cannot attain. For it belonged to him and his baptism, his death, burial, resurrection, witness, and ascension. And we see his love, and we see his strength and his courage. And we see the many things he had to go through, though a recipient of the good and producing the good. We certainly have read the witnessed accounts of the bad and the ugly, haven't we? The bad, which was the sin and all the damage it does to our loved ones. Jesus witnessed that. He got to experience that in humanity and see in the crowds and the people the damage of sin and the things they were suffering with. We saw how Jesus became the recipient of harsh persecution, didn't we? In his ministry, certainly. Certainly. We saw how he was falsely accused, how they bore false witness against him, how he was made to suffer through corrupt courts, through the governing authorities and policies and politics of the Jewish system, and then therefore transferred to the hands of godless men, who in turn, through their government, their politics and policies, oppress the people and brought further persecution on our master. We saw those things take place. How he was betrayed by one closest to him, abandoned by those closest to him, not believed by his own people, family, culture, his siblings, shunned. We saw how he was spat on and mocked and whipped. We saw all manners of evil spoken against him, that he was a blasphemer and a deceiver and a liar and a thief and the devil himself. And we saw how those who had wicked hearts and evil minds cultivated and recruited their subordinates and loyalists against the Christ. Those who should have embraced him and loved him and followed him, believed him and worked with him, along with him, for him. We can read those things, can't we? We can see what the Christ, our Lord and Master, has gone through. And when we read those things, of course, we recognize the practical application to our faith this day as ministers of Jesus Christ, counting the cost 
of being ministers for Jesus Christ, because we work for God, for it is God who works in us when we are faithful to his doctrine, his word, the truth, thy word is truth. It sets us free, does it not? But it comes at a cost. Certainly, we've seen that in the Christ. And we read those words and those accounts every day. We should. We should. And then we think of an instrument that was utilized in suffering for the greater good of the kingdom through our brother, Paul, the apostle, and what he went through, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Don't we? We've read those accounts. We read them, we meditate on them, we search them, we seek them, we find them, we believe them, we live them, we understand Paul and what he went through. Don't we? Certainly. Certainly. For those of us who are faithful and paying attention, absolutely. Paul the Apostle and what he went through. This individual exceeded his peers. He was well known and respected on his way to attain great societal achievements in his own kind. Absolutely. Well-versed, knowledgeable, a leader being forged. Most certainly. He had attained the uh, embracing arm of the pharisaical branch. He would have been part and governing movement in the Sanhedrin and his various parties. Paul. What about Paul and his ministry and what he went through, the good, the bad, and the ugly? What happened to Paul on that fateful day when the Christ appeared to him? Life was changing, wasn't it? Repentance was taking place, was it not? And he certainly did suffer for the greater good of the kingdom. Look at the turnaround this man went through. Can we soak that in? Can we just take a moment here and just think about that? One who was within the realm of the Jewish powers and governing influences, exceeding his peers, of good conscience, seeking to capture the Christians, those who belonged to, quote, the way. To have them persecuted, to have them removed from this earth. Paul was not a friend of Christ and those who followed the Christ. And Paul thought that not being a friend of the Christ and those who followed the Christ was faithful to the Father in all sincerity. Paul's conscience was clear. He was firmly convinced 
that aggressively with burning hostility finding these Christians and bringing them to justice was exactly what God wanted him to do. He thought that. And now, his mind changing? A moment of clarity and reality comes to him through a divine intervention? Can we not honor and respect what Paul went through? And then to be utilized as an instrument of suffering for the greater good of the king of the kingdom? We've read the accounts, can we not, of Paul? There was much good that Paul experienced. Many joys and, ex and opportunities and comforts and wisdom and growth. He saw many wonderful things he experienced and was the recipient of many encouraging moments. He was capable of seeing the decency of those who were poor in spirit. The hospitality. The benevolence the passionate heart to do what's right for the sake of righteousness. Paul witnessed those things. He saw the good. But he also saw the bad and the ugly in his ministry. Did he not? Absolutely. Absolutely. No, no way around that one. He certainly has. He certainly has. And what of ourselves today and what we go through as servants, as ministers of Jesus Christ? Have we counted the cost? Are we doing the work of God for God? For it is God who works in us. Is this an accurate, descriptive formula for our lives? Paul, at a great many times, recorded the things he had to go through regarding the bad and the ugly. And we saw the same thing happening to his master. The Christ, whom Paul followed faithfully. Right? The good will always surpass the bad and the ugly. For we must focus on the good. For it is the purpose of the good in which the greater growth of the kingdom takes place. And so one good thing can conquer and have us persevere through 99 bad and ugly things. Absolutely. It's the way we must survive in our faith and life as servants. Foxes have holes. The birds of the air have nests, right? We ministers 
We've denied ourselves securities that this world produces, haven't we not? We go where we are most needed for the cause of the gospel. Christ would recognize the opportunities in the crowds and the moments in which he could teach and guide them and practice compassion on them. So did Paul, his faithful follower. Are we the same today? We should. Christ spoke these things. Christ spoke these things and he has instructed us in all who sought to be faithful disciples, faithful members of the body, and the things that they would be recipient of. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Before the Christ, before Paul the Apostle, and our brethren of the first century were the prophets. The prophets went through the same thing. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And we ourselves today go through those things, do we not? If we are faithful, certainly. We experience the many joys and encouragements the opportunities and the comforts, the wisdom and the growth. We've sat down with souls who open the scriptures with us and study with us and see Jesus Christ. And we've witnessed those moments where they are immersed into Christ and they become our brethren, brothers and sisters in Christ. Oh, man, that's, that is so good. That is the good. We've seen the opportunities come where we can practice benevolence. We, we can help someone with food and nourishment, nourishment, clothing and shelter. We've, we've, we've experienced those moments where we can be a shoulder to cry on. We've ministered at funerals, haven't we not? Absolutely. Absolutely. We've done so at weddings, at funerals, at graduations. We've been there for the brethren, haven't we not? We've, we love them, do we not? The good, the bad, and the ugly? Certainly. Absolutely. We see what the Christ and what he went through. We see what Paul the Apostle and what he went through. And we see ourselves living the scriptures each day and what we have to go through. My wife and I, my parents, mom and dad, we've lived these things. We've experienced these things. We've been ministering to the east coast of Canada, here in New Brunswick, for decades. My wife and me, since June 26, 2011. We've seen things. We've experienced things. There is history. We've ministered to our brethren. 
We've seen the love and unity and peace found in the faithful. We've also witnessed and experienced the bad, sin, and all the damage that it does. We've had moments that we could write in a book, if you will, along with all who minister. We've seen the individual, the knife-wielding maniac, and whom we have to call the cops on, come get this individual. We've seen the drunkards in the church. We've seen those who would go hide in the washroom to smoke marijuana or hashish or cigarettes. We've ministered to married couples in which the husband was beating on his wife and he had to go to jail and we had to... We've ministered to fallen people in a fallen world, practicing all sorts of fallen things. We've ministered to individuals who were so mentally deranged that they thought themselves literally possessed by demons. I had an individual who wanted to murder me because he thought I was a demon. We've gone through these many things. There are many recorded accounts and moments that we can see and recognize at those moments how we grew spiritually, how we learned to discern. We've seen sin. We've had to minister to individuals snared in fornication, some who would not repent, adultery, addictions, to pornography and alcohol and drugs. There's history when you become a minister. And we, my wife and I, my family, we've ministered to people in this location for decades. My father, once an elder, along with a loving brother who had enough compassion and passion, and passion to come to these shores in the 70s to plant the Lord's church and go through a great many hardships and poverties, challenges, uncertainties. We have history with the people. We know the people. We've ministered to individuals who have always hated us, been bitter against us, jealous against us, filled with all sorts of character flaws and delinquencies. We've seen church discipline practice and the pain that comes with that and also the joy that comes and the encouragement that comes when finally a destructive individual, brother or sister, is removed. We've had the moment of joy where there is a breath of fresh air now in the assembly because the problem the sinful problem had been removed. We've been patient. At times we've been too patient and long-suffering. At times way beyond the boundary. At times too quick. At times too quick to pull the trigger. We've seen our own faults and we've seen the many things that take place when you dedicate your life to follow Jesus Christ and minister to people in the local assembly. We've known these people. 
We know their family, their children, their background, their contacts. We've loved some of them who have always hated us. We've seen the good, we've seen the bad, and we've seen the ugly. The bad which brought all these sinful practices, causing divorce, causing children to withdraw themselves from the faith. We've seen all those things in the short time we've had. We've seen the ugly. We've witnessed the ugly. I assure you, the pharisaical Christians, the hypocrites, the liars, the self-righteous manipulators, the thieves, the wolves in sheep's clothing, the egotistical, power-hungry, prideful bullies, the unrighteously divisive. Of course we have. The Christ and what he went through experienced those things. Paul the Apostle and what he went through. Alexander the coppersmith, Hymenaeus, Diotrephes, brethren who caused much sorrow and pain in the church. We witnessed those things ministering to the people in this land throughout the many decades. We've seen these wolves come the first time and devour individuals in the church over binding things that God never bound. We've seen brethren come from a foreign country again, a second time, and once again infiltrate within the congregation and devour members over false teachings. And years later again we see brethren from a foreign land come and infiltrate within the local assembly and devour many over their own pride and control and manipulative greed. We've been through so many ups and downs. We've experienced so many things. And we thank God for all of it. Because we've grown. Because it's humbled us. Because he's taught us how to discern. We've had moments of great despair devastation, brokenness, uncertainties, questioning our faith, questioning the future. We've seen the ugly and what it does, but we focus on the good and what it does, don't we? Absolutely. I've seen myself having to proclaim the truth behind the pulpit in a time where the local assembly was in a spiritual mess. And I've seen members stand up and say, we hate you. And I've seen them say, we don't need you here. And I've seen others say, well, we love you and we're so happy you're here. I've been loyal to them. I gave my life to them. I would have died for them. It's the least I could do. My master did it. So did Paul. Who would I be to deny such a thing? The only thing needing to be denied is self. There's history. There's history in the things that Christ experienced and Paul experienced through the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
and it will be the continuing theme to our existence, faithfully in Christ, working for him. I've had moments in which we were greatly encouraged by members who were faithful. Absolutely. We've seen moments of great devastation. We've seen members, sadly, households, that would truly never repent. They lived worldly thoughts and practices. I've seen where the husband may have been the financial lead in the house, but not the spiritual lead. And we've seen their wives corrupted by pride and control. Women who could never, ever admit they were sinful or wrong or had character flaws. Control their cowardly husbands and fall away into all kinds of delinquencies. We've seen our family members do that. We've seen our neighbor. We, we, we've seen those within the household. We've seen those in the assembly. We've, we've witnessed those things in our ministry, haven't we, Ot? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Looking at self in the mirror and the things we've had to go through. Looking at the scriptures and sizing ourselves up with the scriptures and our flaws and our deficiencies, our cavities, right? I was living a very pagan life, heathen life, filled with excess, power. And in that realm were a great many sinful things. And then through an account that will take more time than I have here, a series of events, I chose to follow Jesus. I chose to follow Jesus. You know how challenging that is? To come from the world in which you were living in for decades as a Gentile, practicing Gentile things, to now trying to faithfully follow Jesus Christ? remotely tucked away here on the East Coast and set forth to go behind the pulpit because no one was behind the pulpit in a congregation that was in shambles, to say the least, filled with all kinds of delinquencies and a few characters in there that would be known as the ugly, the pharisaical type, the bullies, the divisive tongues. I'm just trying to figure out my life. Here I am having to minister to these people. Had to go through a great many challenges and trials, my wife and I. My parents for decades before me. Do we not understand the ministry? We have to be wise. We have to be wise. We have to take precaution due diligence in a great many ways and things. It's difficult to be faithful. It's difficult to change. But if you have the heart to do so, to remain humble, a great many times from the pulpit I have wept 
I have asked forgiveness. Throughout the many years, moments where you miss the mark, where you think things you should not think, say things you should not say, and do things you should not do, the struggle, right? For someone like me and a great many out there who understand, who live through the same thing, we know what it means to fall off the wagon. We've struggled with foul language. We've struggled with outbursts of anger and violence. Those of us who come from a Gentile life who are involved in crime being organized and all that kind of stuff. We've experienced these things, haven't we? And now we're faithful Christians and we're ministers. And we're ministering to people who both love us and some who hate us and have been jealously bitter against us for years, easily devoured by a wolf in sheep's clothing. We've been slandered, demonized. But we were wise in a great many ways to make sure that we had evidence to protect ourselves from what is the ugly and the bad. My wife and I here working together in this mission, working for God, doing the work God called us to do, the recipients of your support in whom you partake with. The devils seek to slander that integrity. Devils and deceivers, those of which once we loved and ministered to and know their history for decades, can turn on you. Look at Judas and what he did to Jesus. How could a man do that to his best friend? Ministry the good, the bad, and the ugly. My wife and I were wise to protect ourselves in a great many ways. You know, something we've done since the very beginning in our ministry is to make sure we have a record of all our financial, uh, our financial uh, cases. All of it. All of it. That's a, that's a, that's a wise thing to do if you're working in a mission field where wolves seek to prowl around and devour. When you live for the truth, you have nothing to hide. And in the ministry, we saw Christ speak those very things. Nothing was secret. Things were public. The gospel was public. Paul as well. And for all our ministers. Sadly, most miss this. They will never see the big picture. They will never know love. These pharisaical types, preachers, evangelists, these hypocrites, these liars, these self-righteous manipulators who use malicious words, mind science, they hijack the utility of psychology for their own gain so that they can conquer, devour those who are snared in the bad. I've seen these members snared and devoured by flattery, by all sorts of things. We've witnessed all of these things in our walk with Christ. In our day, <laughs> and we can know that if Lord willing, we are allowed to live and minister for decades ahead. 
it's going to be a lot of the same stuff. But we learn how to persevere through that. A devil will have you believing all sorts of lies. And we've seen it in our brethren we've loved and ministered to. But we go back to the good and we focus on the good. Friends, some of you have known us for a long time. You know. You know who we are. We've always publicly spoken of our struggles, our sins, our ups and downs, our growth. Don't be found with the bad or the ugly. Be found with the good and focus on the good. Jesus, our Lord and Master. The devil and his influence are going to do what they do. They're going to do what they do. These types that Paul and John and Gaius and all the Christians of the first century had to go through these, these bullies, these diatrophies, these hymenaeuses, and all of these characters here that cause much pain. They're going to come and go. They're going to be around. We have to be wise to withdraw ourselves from those kinds. Prideful bullies, liars who devour our sons and daughters, right? Our parents and grandparents. The ugly, we've seen it. We've witnessed so many things. I've, man, I could just go on and on with the, the moments. I had an individual who uh, was so greatly mentally disturbed, we had to call the cops on him. That's happened many times, having to call law enforcement over uh, individuals, brethren, brethren. It's, you love them. We love them. We minister to them. Even those who hate us, even those who have been sitting in the pews with great bitterness against us for years, we still love them and care for them and pray for them. Even those who have withdrawn themselves from God's grace, His local assembly, we love them and pray for them. They've spoken every manner of evil against us. We still love them. We still pray for them. We still miss them. Currently, the work we are involved with here, my wife and I and my parents, is the East Coast Church of Christ. And we have wonderful families and faithful, kind-hearted members. There is peace in the East Coast Church of Christ. It is a new work, and it began May 8th, 2022. And Lord willing, it will keep working and growing. There is much potential and purpose. There is a great many times through the good, the bad, and the ugly, We've had to make decisions that were very difficult. We've had to experience things that were very, very devastating. But we cannot associate ourselves with the corrupt, with the prideful, pharisaical type. We cannot embrace lies and deception and corruption in such ways. We have to keep the church pure, above reproach. We've seen what happens when a congregation is infiltrated and corrupted, living in all kinds of sin, led by very cunning manipulators. We've witnessed all these things. We've seen in Canada in general throughout the decades of ministry the depletion of doctrinal honor 
We've seen so many churches that once belonged to Jesus embrace false doctrine. We've gone through a great many things, and I know you can relate to that. I am not a unique case. We are not a unique case. We can read in the scriptures what happens to us in the good, the bad, the ugly, all over the scriptures. And you as brethren around the world, listening to this, whether it be in Canada, America, India, Africa, China, wherever in the world, Russia, if you've been a minister in the church, faithfully so, for a given amount of time, you've lived through these things. And we have a common bond. Friends, ministry, the good, the bad, and the ugly. In conclusion, it ends in victory with Christ. It does. And we have to have that noteworthy moment here before we finish the session. It's about Christ. It's about our Lord and Master. It's about His kingdom. It's about bringing souls to Jesus. And therein, the three-point purpose of the added souls ministry. Reach the faithless. Renew the fallen. And reinforce the faithful. This is our life. The devil has tried everything he he possibly could to destroy the added souls ministry to remove its influence to remove me from teaching from speaking the word of god to people from converting them from practicing benevolence the devil tried everything he tried to destroy us so many times and it came in the form of those closest to me every time the devil don't look like what the TV tells us he looks like. We are victorious in Christ. We conquer those moments in Christ, with Christ. The day of judgment will reveal all these things and justice will be to the faithful. The love of Christ. We have to focus on that. We have to keep going. Don't give up. If the Bible says that you are faithful and going to heaven one day, then that's exactly what's happening. Don't trust the words of the devils. They'll condemn everyone around them. They'll alienate every, they'll turn every friend into a foe. Don't follow these people. They are very wicked and cunning. Go with the good. Minister to the good. Minister to the bad, those who are dealing with sin and struggling with sin. I've had to rely on brethren throughout the years with my own personal struggles. Mostly my wife, my best friend, because she knows what we've been through. She knows how difficult it is. For some of us, it takes years to heal from the damage of sinful living. Does that mean we're unfaithful? No. It's easy for devils to accuse us, though, doesn't it? I'm a perfect target, of course. Oh, he used to be a criminal. He's always been a criminal. He's never... 
people who I've loved and ministered to today are filled with slander and accusations bearing false witness against us. It, it, they did it to Paul. They did it to Jesus. They did it to Christians in the first century, and they're going to keep doing it until it all ends. And God reveals everything before people. Focus on Jesus. Love Jesus. Minister to those who are struggling. Withdraw yourself. Avoid the ugly. Some, you have to just no longer associate yourself with them at all. They're evil. We pray for them. We love them. We focus on the Christ. Paul spoke... Um, and let's 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 conclude with that uh, message here in uh, Thessalonians when Paul was speaking to the brethren in Thessalonica. There's something very strong and powerful, uplifting, edifying in what he said, and it's important that we understand it because it'll keep us focused even when we have to go through these many challenges in our ministry. Let me see here if I can just find it turning the pages in my Bible, and my Bible is uh, in all kinds of... Uh, it's, in, it's in all kinds of pieces here. Let me see. There we go. Okay. Um, chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians, right? Verse 13, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For we, or sorry, for the Lord himself, verse 16, will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, because of that, comfort one another with these words. When we go through a great many things in our ministry, the good, the bad, the ugly, we should remember that going to be with our Lord and Master one day. It'll be all worth it. What seems so devastating and sorrowful and painful here and now, and it is, will then, when we are in heaven with Him, seem long gone, no longer a memory, not in our thoughts at all. Our Lord and Master will return. He is coming back. He won't step foot on this earth again. We crucified Him. But we will meet him in the air and be with him forevermore. That day is coming. And I've been fervently praying that he has blessed us to live within the era and generation of his return. That he has heard our prayers prior to forming Adam and Eve. And he has blessed us to be ensouled in the age of his return. What a blessing that is. Brethren, evangelize, practice benevolence, cling to the faithful. 
Withdraw yourself from what is evil. Love one another. Love me. I'll love you. Pray for me. I'll pray for you. Isn't that good? Isn't that something? Yeah. AddedSouls.com is the website. EastCoastChurchOfChrist.com The site for our the church. You want to get involved with this mission? You want to partake with us? Reach out. Contact me. We can have a video chat, phone call. We can talk about anything you want to. Want to study with us? Do you live on the east coast of Canada? Are you in New Brunswick? Want to sit down, open the scriptures with me, and study the Bible with me? There's nothing more I'd love to do. If we are poor in spirit, the truth is there. To brethren who are faithful, you can sign up to addedsouls.locals.com. You can support us there. It's interesting, isn't it? As ministers, the good, the bad, the ugly. It's interesting how at times you are loved more so by brethren you've never met who support you and comfort you more so than those in the immediate congregation you've given decades to. You've given them your money, your time, your shoulder, your guidance, your ministry. And they hate you. But yet, brethren, on the other side of the world, they support you and they love you. And they understand you. That's, that, that's just... It's interesting, isn't it? How that happens sometimes. Oh, of course. It can be seen through the other perspective as well. We've seen members of the local assembly we've ministered to love us and still love us. Care for us. And we've seen people we've never even met on the internet hate us. Hate us over lies or whatever they've been told to do, you know. Sadly, I... (laughs) Brethren are, are fickle that way, brittle in so many thought and so many uh, fragile manners. They'll, uh, uh, um, how should I say, uh, distance themselves from you, or they won't encourage you, uh, and things like that. If they um, they fall into the snare of lies and and, and stuff that takes place, you know, uh, through the ugly. But yet you'll have some who you thought. We're not really your friends who truly were your friends, who love you every day and pray for you. Um, God humbles us, doesn't he? He loves us. He disciplines us. He teaches us things. And I'm so happy he does. He's changed me. He has. Um, He's taught me about mercy. He's taught me that though I may have the power to still make a few phone calls to my past life, and get rid of some problems or people that cause me problems, though I have that power to do so, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I don't need to be angry or violent anymore. I don't need to do certain things anymore because Jesus has changed me. He's humbled me. You know, that's the power of the gospel. It can change you. It can. You have to allow it, though. You have to want it, though. You have to be poor of spirit so sad i find it so sad how many miss the mark how how the ugly the 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 these prideful brutes these manipulators yeah how they there's 
They don't see it. They're so blind. They don't see the damage they do, do they? Well, there's healing in Christ for those of us who have been damaged. There's healing in Christ, and he loves us, and he wants us together. All right, my friends, stay focused and stay positive. You know we love you. If you'd like to see a bit more of me and my family and our lives, which we make transparent and public, you can come to, uh, uh, again, addedsouls.locals.com or to my Facebook uh, location, my profile there. You know, it's often we'll do impromptus. We'll just go live and I'll share what we're cooking, some food or the kids and the things taking place. And uh, so that's a beautiful thing. And today it's my son, my uh, my youngest son's birthday. Isn't that beautiful? He's turning nine. Wow, he's a big boy. Nine years. Where'd that go? My eldest is 14, going on 15. Isn't that crazy? I just, sometimes it's just, this life it is but a vapor, right? It is but a vapor. Let's have a heart of of unity and peace and, and, and blessing. Let, let's do the good. Let's focus on the good. So I'm going to be doing, uh, trying my best to do the good today, right? We're going to focus on the good, should I say. And if you want to maybe take a part of that or take a look at that, you can come find me on my Facebook page. Okay, guys. Um, Till next time, Lord willing, peace out.